I'm Julie Roth, and this is LA Woman. It's a show about women in LA building big things and cultivating successful lives for themselves. LA is, without question, one of the world's major cultural hubs and trendsetters, and every woman here has a story to tell. Listen in as we go behind the scenes one-on-one with dynamic, inspiring females who are changing the game and changing their industries. Share their successes, examine their challenges, and heed their advice as we navigate our careers together, one sunny day at a time. Today's guest is Lacey Jordan, visual artist and creative director. I caught Lacey at really the perfect time. A year ago, she left her nine to five job for the freelance life. And since then, she has created digital digital illustrations for brands like Calvin Klein and Foot Locker and designed products for brands like REI and Ulta. And now that she's had some time under her belt, we get to soak up the lessons she's learned on the road to success. Lacey and I discussed getting over the fear of taking risks, the importance of representation in her work, and the first person she hired on her team. Here's Lacey. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Is this the test or the real thing? This is the real thing. Okay. okay. <laughs> I never know. I'm like, do I sound good? Like, do I have to like do my P's and T's? You know, you do like the little sound test. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, we can do. <laughs> no, I'm good. I hate like. it, but. <laughs> um, no, I'm so happy to have you here. I've sort of been. Let's be real. I've been chasing you. For... Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> You are persistent because usually people are like, okay, I'm over. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, honestly, well, so I saw you, I saw you on the lean in panel. Mm. I don't even know when this was. This must when be was over that? a year ago, yep, I want to say. Year. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you had just left CAA or you were, or you were about to. Probably because I'm coming up on my year of when I like officially, like last day left. Yeah. So probably either I was like plotting on leaving or I was gone (laughs) yeah no I mean we were talking about this before but yeah it's it's to be open about that I think is something people are like should I do this should I be open about it should I say it so did people did people know at your then job what you were up to um in regards of leaving or just like all the other stuff that I did like behind the scenes Ooh, either one um, so almost everybody knew about everything that I was doing behind the scenes with the exception of my boss, which was the funny part. Um, and that's mostly because he, like, he didn't, he didn't follow us or anything on social media. And I think he's, he's just one of those people where he, I'm trying to find a good way to say this. <laughs> He, I don't know. He just didn't pay that much attention to like what we were doing or he just, he wasn't as knowledgeable about our skill sets as like a group or like what we were doing or like anything like that. So I think everybody else that was around me and like in the company, either they follow me on social media or like we're actually friends or, um, they learned about like what I was doing through somebody else or like I sold a product or something and like someone in the office would see it and like, who made that? I'm like, Oh, it's Lacey. And he just kind of was like out the loop. Um, he kind of like put himself out the loop. So he, he didn't know, but everyone else knew in regards of leaving, 
I think everyone knew that it would come at some point because of all the stuff that I was doing on the outside. And then also the group that I was in, we were all like on the same playing field about like how we felt about the job and the type of work and like all, all the stuff that you would gripe about in an office, we were all on the same page about. So I think everyone kind of had a plan of like, all right, like one of these days I'm going to dip out. And so everyone kind of knew that it would come at some point, but they didn't know when only, only like my closest, closest, like actual friends that I work with knew that like, okay, on this date is going down. Like I'm putting in the notice, like after we're done with this project. So some people knew. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, we're sort of skipping ahead a little bit okay. and then we can go back. But, um, so on my way here, my dad told me he had a request um, okay. for a question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give so, it to me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he, he sort of wanted to touch on, okay, how do you get over that fear of, of jumping, you know, of like, hmm. of really going for it and taking a risk? Hmm. I think, well, for me, it was... It was two things. It was, I feel like I had no choice. Like a lot of my big decisions sort of come from me feeling like my back is against the wall. Like even when I moved to LA from Alabama and I was interning, it was this, I don't know. I just had all of this pressure on myself of like, I have to stay here because I do not want to go to Alabama. It was just sort of like my back was against the wall and that I needed to do everything that I could to not go back to Alabama. And that's just because Alabama doesn't have a lot of like creative jobs. Um, so going back to quitting my job and that fear, it was really a point where, I mean, I feel like I did everything else. Like I started looking for jobs in LA, didn't find anything that I wanted to do. And I worked enough corporate jobs to sort of know you know, you know the lingo, like when you get on Indeed and, you know, they, they say certain requirements or they tell you about certain perks. You can kind of like read through the bullshit after a while. And I was just like, I wasn't into the idea of going into a strictly graphic design job because at that point I was doing a lot of illustration work. I was doing more like visual, like photography, creative direction. I was just doing different things that where I hated the idea of like going and I don't know, creating like web assets for you know, a communications department, which no shade if somebody's doing that. Um, but I just, I just did it already for a long time. So I was like, dang, like all these jobs kind of suck. I know, I know the descriptions. I know I wouldn't be happy. Um, and I was just like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? And so I started looking for jobs like in New York at that point, I wasn't even really interested in moving to New York. I just needed to see like what jobs were there. And so I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to stay in this job. I don't see jobs that I want. So what's the other option? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, maybe I should just work for myself, which I wasn't planning on being an entrepreneur. It, the idea of quitting, honestly, it didn't scare me as much. It just seemed like the logical solution, which is crazy like me saying this now it's like it, it was just like okay there's no jobs there i don't see anything i could keep waiting around i feel like the the type of job that i would want and the type of individual that i am and my skill set the only corporate job that i could have is one that would be tailor-made for me and it would have to be like one of those 
ideal situations where I don't know you run into someone you're like hey I'm interested in this and they work at this company and they pitch you like those like dream situations I was like that's the only way I see myself in a corporate job and so um going back to the fear part it was really a fearless decision it was more based on I feel like that was my only my only option and then I was getting so much work from just freelance stuff and I mentioned this like before we got on, which is like, I'm not the best with money. Like I'm learning like how to budget and stuff. And so in my mind, I was like, if I just make, like, if I just get a, get a freelance project, that's like $10,000 that I could store away, I'm quitting. And that's not even a lot of money, but like, it's, it's not a lot of money now that I'm in business. I'm like, okay, $10,000 can go quick in LA just based off rent and bills alone, <laughs> which in my mind, I'm like, Ooh, $10,000 is a lot of money, which it still kind of is. Um, but I said, if I get to 10K from a freelance job and I can save it, then I'm just going to dip out. And I think the part that made it less scary is the fact that I knew I could bounce back if something like went astray. And I think that's also something to think about when you're thinking about quitting is that you have to gauge like what what is fear like what is fear and what are you afraid of and like what's the worst that can happen and what's the solution to the worst that can happen i'm a very solution-based person so a lot of the times like if anything bad happens like anything like an emergency like i've had a couple of friends like just randomly pass out on me like just out and about just pass out and i'm like the best person to pass out with because it's like <laughs> i i never freak out i'm immediately thinking about the solution so it's like i could it's no point in me like going crazy and like screaming and all that stuff because at this point we have to figure out like how do we get out of this situation and make it better um so with quitting it was like okay if i quit this job and work for myself and that doesn't work out like what's the solution the solution is to get a job <laughs> Like, and and it and it's, it sounds so simple because it is. And I think for me, being a designer in LA, I I'm, I love my work. I believe in my work, and I'm confident in it. And I just know from being in the design industry that I can I can be marketable and I can get a job. So for me, it's like okay, the worst that can happen is I go back to a nine to five. Is that what I want to do? No. Is it the worst that can happen? No. Like, so, and in my mind, it's like, you know, if I do have to go back to a nine to five, it has to be, you know, it's, it's a reason. So let's say I quit and failed, then that means that maybe there's something from a corporate structure or entity that I still need to learn and I could easily go back to that. Um, so that's sort of how I gauge like what, what failure is and like what it means to me. And even still to this day, it's like, I'm so spoiled from being an entrepreneur having my own schedule that like the thought of a full-time job now is just like oh the pits but <laughs> I'm, I you still, are never going back yeah Come I still on. have I have no shame in you know if something was to happen where I'm like okay I need to you know get this resume together and like get back out in you know like the nine to five corporate workforce I I would have no shame with that but to your point I'm not trying to go back or my dream is to go back but still have my business like i'm trying to figure out the best way to to put this but i've identified this new trend (laughs) 
I feel like I'm like Elon Musk. I'm like identifying trends at home. Um, of like this like corporate, and I hate I hate influencer, but this I haven't figured out a word to like replace it. But kind of like a corporate influencer type thing where a lot of companies are tapping people who are good at a certain thing. So like one example is I'm trying to think of the company. It's a I think it might be YouTube actually. YouTube ended up hiring this guy who was like an expert gamer. And that's because they're like moving more into like the gaming space. And they basically hire him as like, I don't know, I'm making this up, but like chief innovator of like games. I don't know, something like that because of his expertise in that space. And so I'm like, wait a minute, corporate companies are are hiring people who kind of just have like expertise and influence in a certain area and it's areas that they need to get into, if that makes any type of sense. Yeah, like a consultant. Yeah, but like on a bigger level, yeah. you know? Um, and I've seen that even when I was at like CAA, I would see certain positions like they have an innovation lab and that's very like blue sky up in the air. You really don't know what they do, but they know what they do. So they'll bring in people who are like um, focusing on like creativity and innovation in like a foundation department or looking at the scope of um like black culture and like different ways that like you can create entities within it. like different things like that and so i've been identifying and leveraging my expertise in certain areas so i can go more into that creative consulting thing but the idea would be you know i'm just gonna use CAA because that's my old job and i still talk to them <laughs> um let's say they did bring me on as like i don't know head of culture <laughs> and then I still get to do all my lacy stuff with full autonomy I would totally do that um because I would be able to run my own business do what I want to do but then still leverage them as a company and be able to like give my gifts in a way that I know they need yeah so that's like a dream I would totally if somebody want to hire me as like something <laughs> but I still want to do my own thing at the same time and I've seen it happened so many times have you um have you ever heard of uh bazama st john Bozama. yes she is who her that's that's her that like she is it that's like, who she, i look at oh yeah like bowls like that's that's a good example because now i mean you've seen her career from like pepsi to apple and uber and now wme and i'm like you're at wme but at the same time and i'm almost sure if if i'm not correct then like don't hold it against me i'm almost sure they're the ones that packaged her show because she has a show coming out on stars about her life and i'm like what like that's some boss shit for you to work there as an exec executive from what i can see she has a lot of autonomy um and then they're packaging your show so you have your it's, it's just all together as one like you still have your personal stuff and then you're working with them and then it all comes together and you're supported which is probably a lot we don't know and like a lot of red tape and bs well but from yeah. what i can see sure. <laughs> i'm like wow you well, know yeah i mean the thing about listen this is also obviously an outsider's point of view but you know this thing about her, someone like her is it it seems as though she is very unapologetic about who she is yes you know what she does with her time even to how she dresses right from what i actually just finished elaine welteroth's book oh and I just she podcast she did oh did you yeah. yeah and she talks a lot about her being a mentor mm, a mentor yep. of hers so um i think maybe when you're like that strong and you're yes. just like hey 
this is what I need. This is what I want. This is how I'm going to be in the office. Do you want it or not? Yes. And so I think maybe when you're like that, you put your stake in the ground like that, you're going to probably find opportunities that are willing to, to, to buy into that. Right. Not saying, you know, like perhaps I'm like more meek than I think uh, that I am, you know, in, in my current role or something. But do you ever think to yourself, like on the next one, like the next project, the next job, the next paycheck, whatever, or the next deal, you're like, okay, but I'm going to be like this, this time, you know, like there's so many lessons learned. Like, so we were talking a little bit about how, um, in certain projects that you've done, you've know, like, Hey, next time I'm going to ask for right. X, Y, and Z. Do you have an example of that? Oh, I have one, but I'm almost embarrassed to say it. I'm not gonna say that. Well, don't even say like the. the, the, I'm I'm still getting. I'm still like, oh, Lacey. Um, hmm. I would say because actually, it's a lot of projects that fall into this bucket. But I've done a few projects where, like, I don't know, maybe I designed a shirt and usually I think it's like two ways you can do that. So if you design product for a company, either you can settle on a flat fee that covers, you know, design and then also like what you would collect for residuals or like whatever, like those sales fees, or you can do, you know, a flat fee for the design and then also collect a percentage of like sales. And with a lot of jobs that I've done, it's usually been the first case where I'll do like a lump sum fee but now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, I've been giving myself the short end of the stick because, I mean, companies still like take home the biggest chunk. But it's been a lot of projects where I've gotten paid very little and then the project comes out and it blows up or something. And I'm like, but I'm not even getting any money, like you know. And so now I'm looking at anything that I do that's product based, I either need to get a great lump sum in the beginning that I, I truly feel like would cover, you know, I feel comfortable when the product comes out and like everybody's buying it or get a percentage of sales. So in this, I mean, it's been a bunch. Like, I mean, I just did, this is the one I'm kind of embarrassed about, but like people, I, somebody should learn from my mistakes. So I just did like the water bottle with REI. And that was one of the lump sum things. And I'm looking at it now and I'm like, I really fucked myself <laughs> like and excuse my language but like who i gave myself the short end of the stick for sure and i'm and it's one of those things where like the how the project has been received is has been like giving me great energy more than the fact that i feel like i wasn't paid correctly and so that's been that's been kind of like keeping me happy like regardless of the fact that i'm like every time i see it i'm like wow I should be getting money. <laughs> but then I'm also like, wow, you know, I've, I've given representation to like so many women and like black women in this space. And like, it's a, a crazy amount of people who have told me like, hey, this is the first time I've even walked into the store. And that made me, and that was the first time I walked into the store when I bought it. And I'm like, wow, you know, I am, I'm like creating some like weird path of like, I don't know, just something for this company. And I really underestimated my value and like what I can bring to a product. So like that, that was definitely like, okay, Lacey, from now on, like you, I thought I already knew my words, but like now it's like, all right, you got people going to a a predominantly like white sporting store that they never even been to. People didn't even know they had it. 
Like, I didn't even, I was like, where's Ariana? That's in Burbank? Like, where do I go? And, like, it, I keep hearing that. So now it's a lesson of, like, all right, don't under, don't underestimate yourself. Don't say yes to certain things just because of the brand behind it. But then making sure that I'm doing, like, my due diligence and research and making sure that, like, I'm getting paid. Because I love to create art. I love to make people happy. But I also need money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I need to live. Absolutely. <laughs> so that that's an example of like, it's just certain things that I'm like, okay, you know, next time I know. And that, I mean, I think, I don't think I know. That's that's what happens with entrepreneurship or like doing anything. We were, we were just talking about this before, of like with podcasting, you learn something new every time you record or, you know, you every project I'm like, okay, now I, I've learned a new lesson. And some lessons are harder than others, like this one, <laughs> but now I know. I'm like, okay, I just need to make my own product. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. It. That's it. That's the conclusion. Oh, okay. I love that a lot. <laughs> we can do a, maybe we can team up. Yeah, girl, a collab. Um, so, you know, going back to knowing your worth, I've seen, I've, I've followed you for, for a, a while, as we've said. So I've seen your social media really, like, I don't even know how this is. You're sort of blowing up, Okay. You think so? I do. <laughs> I do. Well, also because your visuals are so striking. Thank and they're you. so different from, I think, what a lot of people are seeing. So it mm -hmm. really makes you stand out. Um, but you also, like, I mean, I, I want to say that I've even heard you say this before um, somewhere else. But you have to sort of, like, be your own fan and, like, gas yourself up yeah. a little bit. So how do you, how would you say social media has helped your visibility? Oh, I mean, I feel like that's the only, well, I say the only way, but that's one of the biggest ways that people see my work. Um, and I, I feel like it's the best marketing tool that any artist can use, and particularly like Instagram. And I'm getting better at posting like different places because like Facebook is ridiculous at this point. But then my mom is like, you're not posting on Facebook and I want to see it. So I'm like getting better at posting on different platforms. But a lot of the times when I get requests, it's, it's kind of, it's varied now, but especially like maybe two years ago, most people would say like, hey, I found you on Instagram and still the same, which is amazing and also scary because it's like, it's been a couple of like big brands that I work with that they're like, we found you on Instagram. And I'm like, what else did you see on my Instagram? Because like, I don't, I mean, I filter myself to some extent, but then I hate having to filter myself. So like on in, any given day on my story, you can see all types of foolishness and it's just something I had to come to terms with of like I don't I don't necessarily like want to build like a second private page to like have fun a finsta yeah and like I kind of I do want a finsta just to like like an anonymous finsta just to post like random like random curated things or like ratchet stuff but when it comes to my main page is like yeah you know it's kind of turned into an art page but it's still me it's still lacy so um it's just like even around my birthday it was a couple of like projects that i was on where i was like hey this weekend like i'm i'm all, like i'm gone like i'll get back to you on like monday or tuesday and then like when i got back to them the next week they were like we saw you having so much fun on your birthday and then you go to my story and it's like me in a bikini drinking do say out of bottle like <laughs> but then i gotta work with a project with do say so it works out it's just i i rather people just know what they're getting and I also want other people to feel comfortable with being themselves and not feel like, oh, well, you know, if this, if I'm on my Instagram, like 
in a swimsuit like is that you know belittling to me or like are people gonna judge me or you know is, is a client gonna say like oh like she needs to like just stuff that society has sort of made you feel like you can't do because you're a professional um I like to like challenge that perspective a lot and so yeah social media has been great um for me <laughs> I love that perspective because I am totally that person like I I and so I'm so particular. Like I barely post on social media on my personal stuff, even my personal. Cause I'm just yeah. like, you don't need to know what's going on in my life. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like I am a really private person. So, yeah. but I've been getting a lot of feedback from friends and even listeners who are, they don't know who I am. Yes. I, I like, they I, do not know me. They do not know me. They don't know who's behind it. Yeah. I get like, I've even gotten emails from listeners um, recommending uh, they people they want to hear on the show, which mm-hmm. is awesome. I'm like, oh my god, thank you for listening. Like I got, I'm so right. flattered when I when I read reviews or get emails or you know a publicist hits me up and wants to have their client on, but they literally don't even know who they're talking to. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, I really have to reconsider how I'm how I'm putting this show, how how it's coming across. Yeah. You know, and I'm like. Because at first when I started it, I was like, people don't care about me. Like, like I'm behind the scenes. Yeah, like, I'm behind the scenes. No. People don't care about me. <laughs> it's just my voice. Like, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be my picture. And I had a friend this week who was like, he's been in the business a long time. Not the podcast business. That's like, no one's been in the podcast business a long time. But um, he's been in media a long time. And he's like, you have to put your picture on the logo. Yeah. He's like, you have to do it. And he's like, trust me, it's going to help you. Like, yes. you're not, you know. It, I, girl. I, okay, I'm going to, like, be on you about this now that I know. But I just told a friend that, like, probably two days ago, if that, is she has a clothing brand. And she was telling me that she did something on her story, like a, like a Q&A or something. She was actually speaking. And that she had a lot of engagement. And she was like, people love to hear me talk and I was like yeah because they want to they want to know the person behind the brand like I and this is so crazy this is the third time this has come up like in the last four days is it's this weird spot between um putting yourself out there and like being mysterious and I feel like back in the day having like a mystique around yourself was really cool like if you like Beyonce is like my case study of like you think about Beyonce we didn't know shit about Beyonce really like few years ago um like you know she tell us she's pregnant whenever like you know we know little stuff but like we didn't really know like what she cares about or like what she thinks or anything and so now Beyonce is a whole different Beyonce um and she's telling you exactly like what she thinks and what she does or like what she cares about and I've seen people who have literally like not been Beyonce fans because of like they their critique is always she feels like a robot like she's amazing but you don't know anything about her like you know past the music or like performances or different things and now she's she still doesn't do interviews which is she rarely does interviews maybe like in a magazine every once in a while everything is on her terms yes everything and she's she's a person who i've identified of like now we know more about her and we feel like we know her now but then she still carries like this level of like mystery and i think it's figuring out like that balance because now we're at a point where people want to know like you know if they're if they're buying a product they're listening to a podcast they want to know of course about the product or like the guest on the podcast they also want to know like who are you like who are you like 
you know, what do you believe in? What do you like? They and honestly, people getting to know you is what will bring them to you know your show or your product or different things. And so, with me, it's funny because I think the big well, I don't think I know the biggest um, compliments that I get, especially when people reach out for projects, is that they'll say something to the extent of like. You know, we love your work, but then we also love who you are as a person and we love your spirit. And these are people who never met me. So for me, it's like, okay, because I don't even think I'm like handling my social media the way I should, like the way I can. Um, but I'm like, okay, at least I'm putting some piece of my personality out there that they're connecting with and they feel like, you know, they know me. Um, but again, it goes back to balancing, like, how can I put enough of myself out there where, you know, I'm engaged and people know me, but then I'm also like not telling all my business and y'all don't know every single step of like my days. And so it's, I don't know, it's, it's that weird thing. And I've, I've seen people like, I've heard people talk about it in interviews, like different musicians of like, back in the day, you could just be mysterious as you want to. And it's, you know. Like Prince. Yes. I mean, and there's some people who just like can do it. Yeah. And it's just, it's just it. Um, but I've, I've even noticed that with different like artists and illustrators of like their work is amazing. They can have like a huge social media following and all this different stuff, but you can tell by like the engagement and just like the different opportunities they're given of like, oh, okay, you know, you might not do a lot of speaking, maybe because you don't want to, but also because your work is great, but you're not necessarily like saying anything, you know? Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird place. I'm always trying to figure out the balance and figuring out ways to speak without speaking. If that makes any sense. <laughs> like a Beyonce. <laughs> well, and you're a visual artist too. Yeah. So a lot of what you communicate is visual. Yeah. Right. Is your work. Right. Right. Um, well, actually getting to that a little bit more. So do you have, wait, I wrote it down a certain way. So I wanted to know, um, a little bit more about your overall message in your work. So you mentioned representation a little bit right. um, a few minutes ago, but is there like an overall message you are expressing through your mm-hmm. art? Overall message. Representation is definitely one. Like most of the people who I draw or even like work with are like people of color for obvious reasons. Like in, in illustration and in design, you don't see a lot of black people. You don't see, especially like a lot of black women. Um, and this, even in art, like if I go to a museum, unless it's something like soul of a nation where it's like a black ass exhibit, (laughs) then you don't, you don't necessarily just see people, you know? And so when I started drawing, I was like, I just want to draw things that are natural to me and people who... I just don't see when I look at art and then also like just the way that I feel and like my friends feel um so like a lot of my illustrations are like black women who when you look at it even if it's not like anything in the caption or like if I post it on Instagram or anything you could just tell that it's a certain like demeanor or attitude or like something that's very unapologetic and what's interesting I just thought about this the other day so I pretty sure this is the first time I said it but I also think that artists or people gravitate to things or to certain energies that they want and for me I was going through a stage I'm always going through a stage but I was going through a stage where I was working on like self-confidence like for a long I feel like I just got like 
some decent confidence like recently <laughs> but confidence when it comes to like appearance and like different things so a lot of the people that i would draw would just have like this i don't know like just this like unapologetic like bad bitch vibe <laughs> and that's because that's what i want and so i would just sort of draw it until it became real and so i convinced myself of like okay girl like you fit into these characters too like you fit into this bucket so for me it's representing people of color um is representing certain like ideals or like attitudes like i i use unapologetic a lot and actually my friend that i mentioned earlier who i was telling her like hey girl you gotta people gotta know who you are she has a brand called bad girl good human and i love that i love that title like i just so first time i heard it, i fell in love with it because it's it goes back to like duality and like we were talking about earlier like bringing yourself to work and like just having that certain attitude or like me being able to do whatever i want to on my instagram but you still know that like i'm a professional and i'll give you great work like that that balance of the two is i don't know it's a very interesting like topic to me but a lot of the people who i like draw kind of like have that same that same vibe so um yeah people of color um unapologetic vibes uh visibility and just color like i love i love color I, I feel like it psychologically it just changes your mood and puts you in like a different place when you see it so i love to use color <laughs> so did you we, i'd actually love to talk about that too so you've developed what i've seen a real a very strong color palette right mm -hmm. it's a lot of like um, like it's a lot of I know I use so many colors. It's like, a lot. It's a, it's it's like super pinks, bold, bright, oranges, but it's like anything. saturated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So have you always been drawn to that kind of color palette, or is it something that you've developed? Funny thing is, yes, yes and no. Like I well, one thing to know that you already know. I think it's like I wasn't always an artist, so I didn't really get into design into like end of college like when I decided to like switch gears and even then I will always be attracted to just bold colors um and I like to try to like pinpoint things that happened in childhood and like figure out the thread of where you are now because I feel like a lot of shit points to childhood um and when I think about it I used to love stuff like Lisa Frank like Lisa Frank like markers like colorful markers gel pens yes. like all, all that stuff like using the paint function on like windows and i was like wow i've always loved bright colors i just i wasn't i didn't feel like i was an artist then so i don't think i knew that i was like gravitating towards this stuff and like now it's all coming together now that i'm older and i'm like oh wow i've always loved these colors now it just makes sense of why um but I started doing illustrations when I interned with Disney Imagineering. So like basically like seven years ago and everybody knows Disney is just like, it's animated, it's full of colors, full of like happiness. And I would just notice that every single thing that I was drawn to was something that was colorful and something that was sort of like a flat vector style, which is essentially my style. And so from then I just, I don't know, I just started paying attention to what I like. And that's like a, a big piece of it is a lot of times when people struggle with figuring out what they want to do or like what their aesthetic is, it's usually right in front of you, but it's so close that you don't, you kind of like look around it. You're like, I'm searching for it, but it's like right there. 
So when I, I don't know how I realized that, but at some point I realized it, I just started paying attention to, or identifying like, okay, well, you know, if I'm on Pinterest, everything that I stop and look at is like these sort of colors, or, you know, if I'm reading a book, the thing that grabs my attention is like this type of work. And so I started identifying with that and just using it in my work. Um, and it's, I don't know, I love color. <laughs> I was struggling with the color palette yesterday. I was like, oh, I can't get it right, but it worked out. Hey, LA women, hope you're loving my conversation with Lacey. We'll get right back to that, but first I wanna tell you about my Rent the Runway Unlimited membership. Rent the Runway is a female-founded company that lets you not only rent gowns for special occasions, but also rent designer clothes, bags, and accessories. With my unlimited membership, I get four slots for anything I want to rent, and I can keep it as long as I want. I get new shipments all the time in the mail, and now they even offer drop-off spots that instantly open up new slots for new clothes. The best part is I get to play with different trends and designer looks without buying them. I'm truly developing my own style with these options. I always have something new to wear, and honestly, their customer service is also awesome. I just rented an oversized fall blazer by Mary Ling that I cannot wait to wear. It's high quality, has beautiful tailoring, and I never would have heard of this brand unless I used Rent the Runway. You can use the code LAWOMAN RTR50 to get 50% off your first month of Unlimited. Cancel anytime, thank me later. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so we, we talked about this a little bit offline, but have you made any decisions thus far about getting yourself a team? Yep. <laughs> I have. <laughs> um, so, yes, I forgot. I was like, we were talking about this offline. I forgot that quick. Um, so, recently, I brought on like a manager. It was not like it's a manager. That's, that's how uneasy I am with it because I can't even like say it all the way because I'm like, who am I? Um, I? All my friends are like, you need a manager. Or you need like, people say I need an intern, a manager. Like, and some of the stuff I do need, like, you know, accounting. Uh, lawyer all these different things but for me it's like you know I still I have I don't know I have my mom ingrained like this hustler mentality and so I feel like I'm always hustling and that I'm always in the beginning stages of something like I've been designing for a, a while now but I still feel like I just started and it's interesting because different people will interview me or publications and they're like who are, you know, like the young, hot talent that you think are like the, I'm like, I'm still, I don't, I feel like I'm just, I started putting me with them. Like, who would ask you that? I forgot who asked me that. It was, you know, um, don't say, don't say, don't say. I really say. forgot, but, and they probably worded it a little better than I just did, but they were, they were basically like, you know, who, they want to be like highlight younger designers who are doing stuff, but it's, for me, it's so weird because I, I still feel so young in my career and it's like, it's cool to be looked at it as an expert, like. That's fine. But then it's also like, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, and I'm always growing and I'm always, um, one of my friends in particular, she tells me I'm way too humble. So I think, I think that's like my Southern roots too. I look at myself 
very smaller than I probably actually am. So I'm always kind of like, team, like, I'm not ready for that. And I still don't feel ready. But a lot of times, if I'm scared to do something, that means I should probably do it. So everybody was screaming that I, I need a manager or agent. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and like a light bulb just came on in her head and she's like, I know the, the best person. And so, you know, we ended up meeting and we like hit it off. And the whole time, every time we met, I was still like, you're a great person and I would love to work with you, but I'm eternally like terrified. Like I just uh, don't want to do it. Um, and I was sort of like make up all this stuff in my head of like, you're not ready. You're not making enough money. Like you don't have money to like give a percentage to someone because like percentages are high. Um, but I also realized that the whole point in having a team is to help you and like help you in the areas that you aren't as efficient in. And so for me, it's like, I consider myself both a left and right brain person. Like I, I'm very structured in some areas, uh, very strategic. I love, I love thinking. I love, I'm starting to love business more and more. I like high level business, but like the intricate pieces I'm still learning. Um, and that's why I thrive in corporate environments because I totally get, I totally get politics. Like I get all that stuff and how to operate. Um, but when it comes down to being a full-time creative, if you're juggling both of those very strongly, one of them is going to lose or both of them is going to lose. So I'm trying to juggle like business stuff. And, you know, I'm thinking about like, okay, I want to launch products. I want to do a podcast. Um, I want to do like a pair of all these different things, which is possible for one person to do is just an extreme amount of discipline and like work. Um, but then, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but then I'm like, it's so much stuff. I have a lot of things on my list that I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it. And I never get a chance to do it because I'm doing other things, which are great things. So like an example is, this is actually like a good life lesson. An example is um, I want to do more creative direction projects. And in the last year, because I've almost been an entrepreneur for a year. In the last year, when I reflect, I'm like, well, the whole point of me quitting was to do all this different stuff. But I've done nothing but like, illustrations and that's great because i'm also one of my friends corrected me and she was like but you've done a lot of great work in the past year and i'm like yes and i've accepted that <laughs> a piece of it is like you know i'm a pretty productive person i before i quit my job i would like i mean i was extreme workaholic and it's i don't know i guess i don't know if everybody is like this of course not everybody but i don't know if majority of people are like this but once i quit i kept that same hustle but then I was also like, shit, I'm tired. Like I was taking advantage of the fact that I didn't have to like be up at a certain time. And like, I kind of just gave myself that freedom to like relax and not be so on all the time, but I was still like bringing in work. Um, so I had to kind of go through that phase of like, okay, I've worked corporate for like, I don't know, eight years. <laughs> and I'm just like, I need some time to like chill. Um, and so then like when I sort of like ramped everything back up, I was always on this hamster wheel of just like cranking out projects. So I honestly still have my same schedule as a nine to five of like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I might work out. I'm working, 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 take a couple breaks. And then, you know, I'm still working all night. Like I'm, I'm in this hamster wheel. And one of my friends made a point of like, sometimes you leave one machine and you create another machine. And I had totally just put myself in this like, cranking out work, cranking out work, cranking out work. And now when you're an entrepreneur, 
you can't just crank out work. Like you need to be thinking about like business foundation stuff, like just general things. But then also like if there are other areas that I want to get to, I need to be strategizing. I need to be creating those type of projects on my own so I can show them as portfolio work, all these different things. But I, I needed to make space for those things. So that's sort of where I am now of like, okay, it's all the stuff that I want to do. But in order for me to do these type of projects, I'm going to have to start saying no to these other projects. And as an entrepreneur, you don't want to say no to money because you need money. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's a weird balance. A piece of me didn't know if I actually need help or if I need to stop being lazy in certain areas because I work hard, but then I can also be very lazy. Like the last couple of weeks, I've just been sort of drained from traveling. I'm waking up at like 10 o'clock. And that, that to me, I'm like, whew, I cannot be waking up at 10, at 10 o'clock. I should already be working for like two hours, which is me being crazy. Um, but I'm just, I would make all these excuses. Like, okay, you know, I'll get my like business structure together. I'll, you know, organize my QuickBooks, like all these different things I say I'm going to do. And I'm so wrapped up in the creative that I just kind of like let it fall by the wayside because you also have to live. Like I need to clean my apartment, clean out my closet, like get an oil change, like all these different things you need to do. And so I realized that I just kept saying I was going to do stuff and I didn't do it. So when the manager thing came up, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready, but then friends who are managers are in the business. They're like, well, obviously you need help. Like, even though you have the capacity and capability to like be super organized and stuff, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and you know, you just need to focus on creating. And so that's why a manager helps you. Like you don't, of course, if you just started doing anything, you don't have to jump and like hire a manager or an agent, but that person essentially is going to help you in those areas that you aren't as proficient in. And that's something that I just had to realize of like, as much as I know I can do everything by myself, which is a whole lot, like I'm just thinking about all the stuff in my head. It's like one, I'll probably end up crashing and burning because I'll be so overworked. I'll be highly over caffeinated. Um, and that that happened to me in like my old job is that I was so stressed because I was handling like my full time job, which that wasn't it's only like certain pieces of that that was stressful. But I'm also, you know, I'm waking up at like. I don't know, seven, I'm making sure I'm there by like 930. I'm there all day until like 637. I'm coming home. I might eat and watch a bad reality show, maybe for like an hour and a half. And then I'm up to like 2 a.m., 2.30. And then I do it all over again. And I'm basically running off like vanilla iced coffees from Starbucks. And so it was a point where I was like super stressed out. And so I was like, okay, obviously, you know, while I have the capacity to do different stuff, it hasn't, hasn't been done there are different areas that I want to move into as a creative. And so maybe I should explore the manager thing. So had a conversation with a friend, light bulb went, went off. She's like, I know. So I have a friend named Ari. She's like super dope. She does this, you two should meet. Her and I met, we hit it off. But like I mentioned before, even in the initial meetings, I'm like, ooh, I like you a lot. But then I'm like, a piece of his imposter syndrome too, of like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here having this conversation. And from working at CAA, I saw firsthand how like agents and clients work. And so I'm also like, I'm no Beyonce, like cause those, those agents are like cutting deals all day. They're very busy. And I'm like, do I have enough work that's coming in? Because as an artist, it could be months where everybody wants to work. Then the next month it, it could be dry or it could be more like, I don't know, like just different types of stuff. So I, I just had a lot of hesitation about 
if I need a manager or if I'm like ready or worthy or like whatever. So her and I had the conversations. We were like, okay, you know, let's just do a three month, like 90 day, like test period and see like, you know, how we work together. I'm like, okay, that feels, that has me like more at ease. Smart. But um, within like the, the last week that we've been like really diving in and figuring out stuff, she's been a godsend of like, organizing things or like one great example is um i want to launch products by the end of the year and instead of me having to like okay i'm concepting what the product is figuring out what the different products should be like when they should launch figuring out the vendors like i could just come and say like hey this is like what i'm interested in doing here's what my market likes and then her and her team are like okay just tell us what you want to do we'll figure out everything else so that takes a lot of i just have to create it you know and fund it basically <laughs> but then like we're all winning based off like how it sells and different things so now i'm just looking at it like wow this is actually a good decision for me um but it, it's still it's still very scary because you're also you're letting go of that control of your career and you're putting it into someone else's hands and like we're very similar and we've been doing these things by ourselves for a long time and so it's just like, you know, will they understand me? Will they like, do they really believe in me? Do they see the vision? Like, you know, it, the day, which was the other day, the day when I changed my, um, like if you hit me up for a project, the little contact form, the day I switched out my email address for hers, I was just like, so people are going to, they're not going to contact me no more. <laughs> and it is also like, I love having that interaction with clients. Like I love the fact that they're talking to me. But then also I'm annoyed when I'm going through like 30 rounds of negotiations. Like, right. thank God I know how to do it. And sometimes I take pride in that because it just shows that like, I still have like my left brain capabilities. But then I'm like, shit, I'm wasting time. And all these emails, I'm arguing with people, like I could have someone in place who like, they that's their job, like they handle that. And they just give me an offer letter. I did the job, we're all happy. So it's like a weekend. So we'll, we can revisit this in three months, but so far, so good. Um, but it's scary. And like, even now we've had a couple of meetings where like the idea of an intern has come up and she can tell, cause I mentioned before, I'm a stubborn tourist. She mentioned before that I'm kind of like, I don't think I need an intern. Like, I don't know what I would give this person. Like, I feel like I can't, I love, I love to mentor, but I'm like hands-on intern. I don't necessarily know what they would do because my work is so solo. And she'll give me like five different things that they can do. And I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> like, you know, and so it's just great to have a person to bounce ideas off of and sort of put me in an uncomfortable space. And it actually makes sense. So, so far, I'm happy. But it I mean, it, it's scary. It's scary to hire anybody. But I feel like it's just one of those things where. You have to trust yourself and test it out. Like nothing has to be permanent. You can say like, hey, let's just test it out for a couple of months and let's see how it works. If it doesn't work, fine. If it does, then we'll see. I, you know what? I, I really appreciate you going deep into this because I think you're the first guest that, that I've had that is really talking about this. Because, you know, when we ask when I ask entrepreneurs about first hires, let's say, I mean, yeah. these are for um, different industries than yours as well. Because you're mm -hmm. the, the first visual artist I've had, which is also awesome. But I think because... There, in, when you're in a certain point of your company or your career where you've digested this this happening, right. the fact that it's happening to you right now, I'm like so lucky that we're having this conversation right yes. now. You know, because I'm like, 
you're you're in you're in such an interesting spot and and certainly for someone like me i i personally feel like you're a step ahead of where i'm at and i'm like damn do i need this like do i need this in the next in the next year like i don't even know i i I don't even know how to, to go about this like i am just flying by the seat of my pants with this for real that's my life my whole life is flying by the seat of my pants and i think that's and it's so funny because anytime I do any interviews or like podcasts and I talk about entrepreneurship, I always tell people I'm like the best and the worst like entrepreneur and like businesswoman. I'm the best because one, I know how to hustle. Um, I know how to talk to people, like charismatic, all that all that different stuff that plays well into corporate situations, but bad at the at like the organizing and the planning of things. Like I have high level ideas. And when it gets down to like writing a strategy, it's not that I can't do it. It's just one of those things that like I procrastinate about or it feels so scary that like I do everything else around that, but that, um, but it's really just getting down and like getting down and dirty (laughs) and, you know, just trusting yourself and knowing your strengths and your weaknesses. Like for me, I, I just identify organization as not a severe weakness because once I create a system for myself, I follow it. But the issue is creating a system and flying by the seat of my pants. And when I quit my job, I very much so did that. Like I didn't have a plan necessarily. I just know I needed money saved, not even a lot. And I knew that I could like, I know I know how to hustle and I know I have enough um, like resources and from corporate jobs or whatever, or just like different freelancing jobs that, I knew I'd be able to like keep my head above water, but I was like, now I'm at the point where I'm going back. I'm kind of backtracking and like doing the logistical planning of like, all right, where do I want to be next year? Like that type of stuff where most people would have done that before they quit the job. Um, But honestly, I just, I feel like it's, it's a personality thing. Like you do, it's, it's a lot of people who do need to figure out almost like every nook and cranny and have like a secure business plan, which I mean, I recommend, I, I think it's amazing. But then there's some people who just like fly by the seat of their pants and they're like, all right, we're just going to see where this goes. And then now it's to the point where I'm like, all right, I, I see where it can go. <laughs> and now I need to better just like structure and strategize and be more intentional with like, what I'm doing. So all of these other type of projects that I'm interested in, I can like actually do them versus being on a hamster wheel of like just cranking out work all the time. Yeah. So I got you, got you on the show. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the Thank show. Thank you for being so persistent. It's funny because like I get into little moods where, um, which I should just, this is like a communication flaw, but, um, I feel like I go through phases of like periods of time where I'm doing a lot of interviews and stuff and I get to the point where I'm kind of like do I still have stuff to say or do I need to experience more to like have things to say or I just feel like I'm over I'm like I'm like oversaturating like everything I don't know it's like a weird thing so I feel like when you first hit me up I was doing a lot of shit and I'm like yes I want to do this but then every time it would come up I'm like do I really have stuff to say like so thank you for chasing me. <laughs> and so it's, I have a couple of interviews in my inbox, but they're more like streetwear stuff. And they're like, can we get your interview tomorrow? And another piece is also just being busy with work. And in my mind, it's like, 
well, it should just be a regular thing. It's like the work has to be the priority before like interviews and features. Like I have to get my work done first before I can like do anything. So it's a couple of people in my inbox now that's like, I want to interview about your style. And I'm like, girl, I appreciate it. But I got to figure out all this other shit that's more important than my style first. So I'm glad this happened. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen at some point. I was like, wait, wait till I get myself together. Now I have more, I have more to share. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> I hope you're inspired by Lacey's story. You can keep up with Lacey at SoLaceyLike.com and at SoLaceyLike on Instagram and Twitter. You can also take a class from Lacey on Skillshare. Thanks for tuning in to LA Woman. Please do us a solid and subscribe and rate on iTunes. Plus, we're also now on Spotify and Google Play. We're also at LAWomanPodcast.com and at LA Woman Podcast on Instagram. Let's keep inspiring each other as LA women and as women everywhere. One more thing. This podcast was written, produced, and edited by me, Julie Roth. A special thanks goes out to sound designer Christian Link. Our music was composed by Jazar. See ya!